Well, it is so nice to be back. It almost it feels quite surreal. Uh, it's brilliant that there's so many uh, faces that I haven't seen in a while, some new faces as well. So welcome back, everybody. It was really exciting. I have to start with saying this. Did anybody watch the tennis last night? Oh, wasn't that absolutely amazing? It was like a fairy tale. It feels a bit like this morning's a fairy tale as well after so long with, with seeing you all again. Um, I want to ask a question as I begin. How are you? Now, if I did go around and ask that question to every single one of you and you gave me not the I'm okay, fine, thanks, which is the default response we say whenever and ever we're asked that question. But if you truly answered that question, I reckon we'd have a variety of different responses. I expect there would be some here that have a really struggling at the moment for whatever reason that might be. Perhaps there's a health thing going on. Perhaps you're grieving over the lost of a loved one. Perhaps you're just really struggling to come to terms with what the world's been going through um, over the last 18 months or, or longer. I suspect there will also be people that are really happy, perhaps those that are newlyweds, for example. <laughs> there's a couple sitting on the front here. Or you've got the joy of, uh, there's another, yes, there's another couple there as well. Two newlyweds here. People with young babies. They might have this mixture of being really, really tired, but also really, really happy that they've got a loved one that they're caring for and looking after. And probably lots of people somewhere between those two extremes on that spectrum. But perhaps, uh, if I had to have a guess, bearing in mind the conversations that I've had with people, I suspect a lot of people are perhaps leaning more towards the tired, anxious, slightly drained side of how are you, rather than the happy, full of joy side of life. And with that in mind, and thinking about what God wants to say to us as we regather and start these ministries up, I've been thinking and praying about that a lot. You'll be pleased to hear. I think God's just got a really simple message for us, no matter actually where we are on that spectrum. And his call, I think, for us in this next season, it is quite simple. We've touched on it already. But come and be part of his community. Come and be part of God's community. Whether it is connecting for the first time and getting to know people in his family or, or reconnecting after a while, God is inviting each and every one of us to come to him for a season of, I think, refreshment, of healing, of, I hope, joy and peace as we gather. And just a season where God is asking us to come back together under him and feast on him, on his words and his truth on his life-giving truth. So before I jump into the passage that Judy beautifully read to us, let me just pray as I begin. Lord, you know where each and every one of us are right now in our lives, how we're feeling, what we're thinking. Lord, help us in all those places to hear and know your calling on us right now your path forward in good times, in bad, and in all those in-between places. Strengthen our faith in you as we reflect on your words right now. 
Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you do want to have your Bibles open, do get them open at uh, Luke chapter 5 or look at them on your phone. Uh, And I've just got two real main things that I want to draw out from this passage. And the first one is this. God is inviting you by name or calling you by name to follow him. And God invites you, as I've already touched upon, no matter how you're feeling, even though life has been tricky for many of us here, actually in this passage that um, we had read to us, there's no indication that Levi or Matthew, I'll probably interchange using those words, they're the same person in my talk. There's no actual indication in that passage that Levi was in having real difficulties in his life. It's likely that professionally and friendship-wise, Levi appears to be doing quite well, thank you very much. Tax collectors back in the day were uh, normally did quite well financially. They could often keep a, a bit for themselves, skim off the top of the tax they were collecting. They had soldiers to make sure people paid them what they asked for, so they could just ask for a little bit more for themselves. We know that Matthew had friends as well, here later on in the story that he doesn't just host a small gathering, but he hosts a great banquet, indicating that he is both wealthy and able to hold a great banquet, but that he's got lots of people that are going to, he's going to invite and people are going to come. From the outside looking in, Levi had probably what most people, certainly in our culture, aspire to. He had, he was, he had money, he was comfortably definitely comfortable financially and he had friends being honest I think the same can be said for a lot of us in our community here in Claygate from the outside looking in into our homes probably a lot of people think actually we're doing quite well thank you very much homes here are reasonably expensive Lots of us will claim to have friends. But the question I want to ask you all this morning, I don't know where you are on that scale, but is that all there is to life? The readiness of Matthew in this story to leave his booth and to change his lifestyle indicates that he thought that on its own was not enough. Matthew responded to this call of Jesus to follow him. And Matthew was transformed by it. He got to see miracles. He got to see other people's lives transformed in incredible ways. Matthew made a lasting difference in the world by becoming one of Jesus' disciples. And it wasn't always easy for Matthew from that call from Jesus to follow him. It wasn't always an easy ride. But I'm confident that going through that, Matthew would say ultimately that decision was worth it, the best choice he had ever made. And I'm confident that he would say, going through life, the twists and turns, no matter what they throw at you, going through them with God was better than going through life without them, going on just doing the same old, same old day after day. I think God for each of us today is just 
calling and inviting you each by name. And just want to say a reminder for you to keep God in the picture. Don't just get distracted by what everybody else is doing. And it's so great you're here today. But remember, God is calling you by name. Put your trust and your hopes in him. And he can feast off you. Feast, give you food to feast on. You can feast off him. And he can sustain you in the twists and the turns of life. And it's much better to go through life with Jesus close at hand than just sitting in your booths at work or at home or no matter where it is on your own. Now for, lots of, for Matthew, when Jesus called him, it meant a, a whole career change. For most of us, I don't think God calls us into career changes so you can sit comfortably if you are, are liking and enjoying your job. There's a wonderful verse that I like in 1 Corinthians 7. It says this, each of you should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. That's kind of the default position for Christianity. But what we are called to do is be people that trust God and live for him in those places. So, as we reconnect as a community, let's keep God, let's respond to his call and keep him high up our list of priorities. Let's remember there's more to life than what we see day by day. The second thing I want to say from this passage is this is that in this period, I think God's calling us to build an honest community. We've touched on that already a little bit in this service. But I want you to picture the scene. You're, you've got some, uh, a dinner party, you've got some people around. And uh, they're people you quite like and you, you want to make a good impression. And then um, a phone goes and this person picks up their phone. And this person says, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm round at these, these newspaper house. They're trying to make a good impression, but really I, I think there's something wrong with them. Yeah, I think they need my help. I'm going to try and sort them out. And then they hang up the phone. Now, how would you feel if somebody had said that in your presence? Hand up if you would um, perhaps be, even if you didn't say anything, a little, because you're English, uh, a little uh, offended on the inside yeah, I think we all would, wouldn't we? Well, I always pitch the scene. Matthew has invited Jesus to come to his home. And this is what he says to some Pharisees about him and Matthew and his friends. It is not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I think Matthew could have taken offence at that. There's no indication that he does, we don't know, but um, Jesus is certainly getting at something there, isn't, isn't he? He's saying this host is sick, he's messed a lot of stuff up. But, but, that is the type of community that Jesus chose to go and spend his time with. Those who knew they were broken. Those who didn't pretend they had it all sorted. Now I think uh, Christians uh, can get a lot of criticism. Uh, Sometimes I think it's unfair, but I think we can get a lot of criticism and we're called hypocrites a lot for not practicing what we preach. Uh, Some of the criticism is unfair, some of it's probably 
quite just as well at times. You know, there was another safeguarding report that came out this week that looked into some failures in national churches and individual churches responding response to, to safeguarding matters in, in the past. But perhaps individually as well, when we see things going wrong, uh, we can fall into the trap of being like Pharisees ourselves, if we're honest, I think. We like to give the impression of looking good in front of others, of perhaps being more together than we actually are. We can easily pass judgment on others for their imperfections whilst excusing our own because this happened or that happened. I think this is the type of hypocrisy that Jesus didn't like. And let's be clear, when Jesus was talking to those Pharisees and he said those words, I've, come to call the right, I've not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance, he was not actually saying that the Pharisees are righteous. You know, all the commentators, and it's quite obvious as, as if you read the Gospels, that Jesus did not think the Pharisees were righteous at all. He was probably being quite sarcastic with them. I wonder the tone in which Jesus said it to them. What Jesus was saying, though, to the Pharisees and to everybody else is that he is here for those who admit they're not perfect. Those that he calls are those that he that realize they're not perfect and they are in need of help. And when he does that, when he calls us and he sees people like that, he will come and be with you, eat with you, feed off you, help bring healing and restoration. I think our response as individuals, perhaps uh, when we're called or if we're worried about calling a hypocrite, is actually not to try and be perfect or to even hide our imperfections. Perfection is not the opposite of hypocrisy. I think the better opposite of hypocrisy is authenticity. God is calling us to be an authentic community that comes out to God, recognises our need for him, lives and tries to live his words, but does that in an open and authentic way, not pretending that we're better than we are. So they're my two points, but I just want to, as I come in to finish, just want to say a little bit about what I think that might look like for us in this season. How do we respond to the call of God and how do we be an authentic community in this season? And just three things quickly for us to think about. The first is this, I just want to encourage you all to, to be committed to God and to his community. Come along regularly to a service where you can worship and praise God, not just on your own, but with others. If you're at home, seek ways to reconnect with um, brothers and sisters in God's family. When Jesus called Levi, Levi didn't go on this journey alone with Jesus. He went with Jesus and he grew friendships with other disciples. That's one of the reasons why we've added refreshments here is to help before and after service to help you build relationships. Have time to talk and have authentic conversations around this time of praise and focus on God. 
So the second thing I want you to do, or I encourage you to do as well, as well as be committed, is to be open and authentic when you come here. Come as you are and allow God to transform you. Allow others to be themselves. If people ask how you are, you don't have to spill all your deep and darkest secrets to everybody that asks you that question. But if you've had a bad week, I think encourage you to be open about it. If you've had a good week, be open about it. Let people celebrate with you. Let people put a supportive hand on your shoulder and pray for you in good times and in bad. Perhaps there's going to be people here as well that are on a very different spectrum on how anxious they're feeling about coming back and being part of of a wider community. If you see people taking a step back or people are standing too close to you and you're a bit nervous, please just say something in a loving way. If somebody says that, do a loving response and speak to them but a little bit further away. Don't take offence at it. Let's just be open and honest where we are seeking to build relationships. If you see somebody standing on their own with a coffee cup, look out for them. Go and build, have a conversation with them. That's what Jesus would want to do. He would go and seek out those that were on their own. We had a a meeting on Monday with those that were interested in being part of the hosting, which is formerly what we would call the welcome team here, but we're calling it hosting because, you know, when we have people over, going back to that dinner analogy, we don't just welcome people politely as they come in through the door and then ignore them for the rest of the evening, do you? And it's the same here at church. We want to welcome people well into the church, but we also want to host them to help them get to know one another, to be part of a community. So all be looking out, be open, welcome, talk to people you do know and try and build relationships with those that you don't. So be committed, be open and authentic with God. And finally in this season, invite others. Not only is God inviting you, but he wants us to share his really awesome news to other people as well. After Matthew responded to the call of Jesus, the first thing Matthew did, Jesus, come to my house, meet my friends. I'm going to throw you a great banquet. He did not say, my faith is a private, personal matter that's just going to stay between me and you, God. No, he shared it with others. We have an awesome God. And this space, this service, is open to all, both online and in person. So share your faith. Share this God that is in calling us by name. Share this God that can give us life and energy and can bring hope and healing, not just to you, but to others in our community as well. Amen.